This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. I'm Alice Dempster, and this is the third episode of How Far We've Come, our six-part podcast series in partnership with NGS Super. They're keen to help Aussies make the most of their financial independence, and that means helping you to learn about your finances so the decisions you make today mean you're investing in your future. Last week, we looked at World War II and the gender pay gap, but when it comes to women entering into the workforce, there's been a lot of catching up to do. So this week, we look at one big hurdle that was only lifted in 1966, the public service marriage bar. It's when Aussie women in the public service won the right to keep their jobs after marriage, and it's an important piece of the puzzle in understanding how far we've come. Let's get into the context. If you've ever worked in a male-dominated industry or organisation, chances are you might be able to relate to comedian Tina Fey. When I first started out, um, uh, female comedy writers were treated a little bit like cappuccino machines. Uh, in that if you try to, you know, hire a few more between seasons, people would look at you like, but we have one. Um, and then, you know, God forbid the one you had was a little bit broken because then it would be like, oh, no, you know, we had one before and it didn't work and we got rid of it. When it comes to leadership positions, women only make up 22% of Australian CEOs. In fact, in 2019, there were more CEOs named Andrew leading ASX 200 companies than there were women. We kid you not. And that leadership gap exists even in female-dominated fields like health, education and retail. If you're one of the ones that has climbed to the top, you may have one or two stories like this. And two hours in, there's kind of needs to be that bio break and everyone stands up and the partner running the meeting starts looking really embarrassed. And I realize he doesn't know where the women's room is in his office. And so I said, so did you just move into this office? And he said, no, we've been here about a year. And I said, are you telling me that I'm the only woman to have pitched a deal in this office in a year. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, or maybe you're the only one who had to go to the bathroom. That was Cheryl Sandberg, who until late last year was the chief operating officer at Meta or Facebook, as it was previously known. There is some good news in all of this, and that is that we're getting our foot in the door. In 2022, women made up almost half of the Australian workforce. That was very different to 1966, when women, once they were married, had to, in many organisations, including the public service, leave employment. Let's dive into that now. Let me set the scene. It's the 1960s in Australia. President L.B. Johnson became the first US president to visit our shores. A man walked on the moon. The Aussie pound changed to the Aussie dollar. And Beatlemania was in full swing. It was a time of great change. We're going to argue about a subject that's been causing a great deal of controversy in the press recently, and that is whether education is a waste of time for married women. And Tony, why don't you think that, that education's a good thing for married women? Well, I think too much higher education makes them very unhappy and very frustrated. Oh, why unhappy? Well, there they are at home cooking meals, running a house. You can't get out and about. 
That's a snippet from an ABC interview in 1961. The reason the public were having this conversation was in part because the oral contraceptive pill had just arrived on our shores. It was a big deal because it gave women more control over their lives and careers. But at first, only married women could be prescribed it. And in many organisations, including the public service, they couldn't be employed. That was because the Commonwealth Marriage Bar, it meant women were faced with a tough choice, leave their job or hide their marriage. One of those women who tried to hide it was Merle Thornton. She managed to hide her marriage for two years until the ABC forced her to resign when they discovered she was pregnant. Fast forward to 1965 and she, along with her friend Rosalie Bogner, chained themselves to the Regatta Hotel Bar in Brisbane at a time when it was illegal for Aussie women to drink in public bars in Queensland. Um, Well, at first the policeman asked us for the keys. We said we didn't have them and we said we didn't know where they were. Uh, the police then asked for a hammer and smashed uh, the padlock and, we, and asked us to leave. We said that we wouldn't, didn't want to leave, that we weren't breaking any law. We had read the act we, and that it was quite within the law for us to remain in the bar as long as nobody served us with a drink. That protest made headlines around the world and Mel used the publicity from it to form the Equal Opportunities for Women Association the primary goal of which was the removal of the Commonwealth Marriage Bar. But there were roadblocks. For example, the government of the day, which was led by Prime Minister Robert Menzies, at the time they said, given that married women may at times have a conflict of loyalties between work and family responsibilities, what regulating action can be taken to ensure that the service does not come off second best? But then in January 1966, after 18 years as PM, Menzies announced his retirement. And 10 months later, Parliament passed a bill that removed the marriage bar. All of a sudden, women had more options when it came to their career. But changing the law is one thing. You still need to change society. Here's Mirica Johnson. She had a Bachelor of Science, a Diploma of Applied Chemistry and three years technical experience, talking a year later in 1967. When I uh, arrive at the interview, however, they see, of course, immediately that I'm a woman and the interview is immediately closed. Uh, One company told me that I might be raped if I go into the plant. Others tell me that the laboratory is in a dirty part of the plant and it would be unsuitable for a woman. Uh, Or that there are no toilet facilities available in the laboratory for a woman, even though there are secretaries, uh, female secretaries, um, walking around who obviously have to go somewhere. Even though it was legal to employ women, it wasn't illegal to discriminate against them when it came to hiring, and it would take another two decades before that changed. And when it comes to today and women smashing the glass ceiling, there's still work to be done. Just before we dive into where to next, our partner on this series, NGS Super, has a quick message for squizzers. Lifting the marriage bar helped change the landscape of the Aussie workforce and one big change for many women was that they were able to start saving for their future and retirement. 
It was another big step forward for women gaining social and financial empowerment, but financial independence isn't something that just happens. It really takes a commitment to learn about your finances and to make small changes today that can deliver real differences down the track. If you're keen to invest in your future, NGS Super has a bunch of resources available. So we've come a long way since the marriage bar was lifted, but as we mentioned at the start of this episode, there's still a large gap when it comes to women and men succeeding in the workplace. A big topic that comes up a lot is affirmative action. That's when a company or organisation puts a policy in place that favours women. But it can be a controversial policy. Here's CEO of JP Morgan, Mary Edrose. But none of us here want to think, even for a split second, did I get my job because they wanted to check the box? Am I here because when there was a decision one versus the other, they wanted to, they wanted to make a statement on diversity? We don't want that. We want to have our jobs because we're really darn good at what we, are, at what we do. We have a passion for it. There's another part of this conversation, and that is the type of work that women do. Annabelle Crabb, someone who needs no introduction, explains. Feminism has really kind of brought women a long way, and the big changes in the Australian family and workplace over the last 50 years have all been about women moving out of the home and into the workforce, right? And in Australia, because we have such a large part-time work um, force, that's mainly women. It's almost all women. So the big shift has been from stay-at-home mums into part-time work. To give you the stats here, over 50% of Aussie females work in part-time or casual roles. That's roughly 20% more than men. When it comes to women in full-time roles, Annabelle Crabb has some interesting stats. 76% of working fathers, 76%, have a spouse who stays home or works part-time and therefore has the flexibility to, you know, pick up kids from school, do all that stuff, which allows their husband to kind of, you know, have a free hand to kind of work hard and concentrate at work. Working mothers, on the other hand, only 15% of them have a spouse that is at home or um, working part-time. And I reckon that's a huge imbalance. We know that not all mums want to work full-time in the paid workforce, but for many, the financial security that comes with it is important. And while getting married may no longer be such a heavy burden on your financial independence for many women, getting divorced can be. So next week, we'll get back into the 1970s, Gough Whitlam and the introduction of no-fault divorce. As we said at the top, big thanks to NGS Super who made this series possible. For more about NGS Super, head to ngssuper.com.au. Please consider the PDS and TMD on the website to see if this product is right for you.